Well, good morning. How are you? Good. It's good to be here with you. I've got this uh, sense in my heart this morning that I need to remind you of something that's very important that you know. Are you ready? Don't even go there. Throw you out of the church. I love you. I love you. My family love you. You do realize that, right? Okay. We're in a tough spot as ministers because we've got to preach the gospel to you. And sometimes it hits you right between the eyes. Amen. Sometimes it does. But never forget, ever, that we love you. We are not against you. We are for you. And if necessary, I can promise you the men that I know that serve here on staff would lay our lives down for you. We would. So just remember that. Because I'm fixing to step all over your toes this morning. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> no I'm, to I'm totally kidding. I probably will, though. But uh, one of the things I was telling Colton this morning, um, one of the things about this series that I know some of you are probably really liking is the fact that it's topical and it's not, not the normal um, expositional uh, style of preacher that I am. Uh, but remember, we will, we will get through this and we will be in the, in the book of Luke uh, beginning in March. But these are some things that we as a staff felt were critical uh, for you to know, just some foundational truths and how uh, the Bible has been interpreted uh, for, for centuries as the church is managed and the church is, um, is, is structured to glorify God and to, uh, and to move forward as the church militant in this dispensation before the second return. So I hope that you're getting something out of this because I know, know that we are and having to study it and talk about it. So today is what is church membership? What is church membership? And as always, I give you a little, a, little, um, a little refresher from what we've done in previous weeks. And I know last week I probably sounded like an auctioneer up here uh, going too fast. Uh, but we just, <laughs> but we just had, a, a, I had a lot of material that was on evangelism. It was all really good. And so I want to give it to you today. Hopefully it will not be quite so fast. Uh, but that is yet to be seen. Amen? Okay. So why should expositional preaching be central to the church? That's the first message we looked at. We looked at these truths because the Word brings life, and the Word builds up, and it sanctifies. And our job is, as your teachers and as your pastors is to rightly divide that Word, to go into the Bible and, and preach those truths contextually correct in the, in the original context of the Scripture. Next, we looked at who is the God of the Bible and why don't we worship Him, and we looked at the different types of revelation uh, that we are privy to as his creation in general, natural, and special revelation. We looked at the meta-narrative, which is that's just a word that describes the grand narrative from the Old Testament to the New Testament and the impending second coming of Christ, how all of that together uh, is a blessing to us in the special revelation for us to know uh, God's will and God's truth for us as, as his children. Okay, and then that God is creator. He is holy, he is loving, he is faithful, and he is sovereign. After that, we looked at what is the gospel and why is it important, and we, we, we looked at what the gospel is not, because we do have some, we, we can get tunnel vision on some of these things in, that the scripture teaches about God, which are absolutely true, but he is more than just that one thing, and sometimes we get tunnel vision on just that one thing, and we forget that he is many other things as well, and if we're going to fully, if we're going to come to full maturity in following him, we have to know the whole counsel of God. So the gospel is not just that we are okay. The gospel is, is not just love. The gospel is not just Jesus wants to be our friend or that God will, just that God will renew creation, although he is all those things and will do all those things. Then what does the gospel require from us is what? Repentance and belief. To hear the teaching of the word of God, to be convicted by his Holy Spirit and come to a place that we turn from the old self and embrace the new self in Christ. That's the gospel. Next, we looked at what does the Bible say about conversion, and simply put, it's that God changes us, amen? He changes us. That's what God does. He takes us from a wandering, lost, carnal, worldly person and puts his Holy Spirit in us and changes us into a saint, into a believer, into somebody that loves God and wants to see his will uh, come to pass in this world. And we, so he changes us through hearing the word of God. Uh, then what does the Bible say about evangelism? And basically that just means to what? Tell the gospel to everyone. Tell the gospel to everyone. We don't pick and choose who we tell the gospel to. We tell the gospel to, to everyone. We have been commissioned by Christ to take the gospel to Judea, Samaria, to, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, uh, and to the, to the ancient Jew. That was the entire world. 
when he said those, when he said those, four, those four rings of, of geographical rings. Okay, so what is church membership will be today? Now, let me just warn you of something. In, in my time in ministry, I don't know that there has been a more divisive issue to deal with than how to do church membership in the church. Because you have two broad, extreme ideas of what church membership should be. I am of the belief that church membership should be very rigid. If you're not here, unless there's some kind of extenuating circumstance, COVID for instance, or if you're disabled and, and can't drive or, or something of that nature, if that doesn't, doesn't describe you, where should you be on Sunday and Wednesday? Here. If you're a church member, you should be here. Now, it doesn't save you to be here. I'm not saying that. But if you're a church member, you should be in church. So that, that's where I am, and that's where I've always been. But unfortunately, that's not where the majority of churches are. Now, it may be in our, in our paper. It may be on paper that way. But it is never enforced that way, ever. We are just loosey-goosey in most churches when it comes to membership. Would you amen that? Do you believe that? Okay, I'm glad to hear you say that. So that's today. Then if I survive today's message, <laughs> next Sunday will be an even worse message, which is church discipline, which plays into church membership. But you can't have church according to the Bible. And you'll find people that'll say the Bible doesn't teach membership. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. You will have some people say the church, that, that the Bible doesn't teach discipline. I beg to differ. I think it's all in the Scripture, clearly in the Scripture. So call me a radical. Go ahead and call me whatever you want. But, that, but that's where we're headed, and that's who you called here. That's who God called here and who you hired here. So God have mercy on your soul. Amen? <laughs> Amen. And I'm getting nervous already. My mouth's going dry already. And, I, and, I've, I've been, I've, and my voice has been given out. Of course, Angie and the kids have been loving that. But anyway, so why do we care about these questions? I try to give this to you every week because, number one, we are the center of God's purpose. I know that's hard for us to believe. And I, and I, and I say it's hard for us to believe every Sunday because sometimes it's hard for me to believe. But it is absolutely true. And then number two, because Christ obtained the church with his blood. All right, today, you heard Colton read this passage. For just as the body is one and has many members, and what body is he talking about? Christ's body and our body, right? Because Christ came in the form of a what? Man, a human being. So he's talking about our body, and he is building a metaphor to help us understand the body is like the church. And the body doesn't function without all of its members, and the church cannot function properly and to its fullest capacity without all the members and their giftedness, as Clayton said during the, during the announcements, employed at the church. It just will not happen, okay? So that's the scripture. Uh, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit, okay? Now, here's where the difficult part begins. We live in an age of commitment phobia. Would you agree with that? People are afraid to commit for whatever reason. And I believe the reason is, is because they're terrified or worried or always concerned that there is what laying out there somewhere? A better deal. Man, if I commit to this, and I say yes to this, and then something better comes along, then I've got to cut all those ties and pursue this something better that comes along. And it pervades our society, especially in America, because America is so, so prosperous and so free. We can just do what we want to do with very little repercussion. We want to keep our what? How many of y'all have ever used that phrase? I've used it dozens of times in my life. We like to think of ourselves as what? I don't need the church. What do I need the church for? I've got Jesus. I'm saved. I'm fine. I don't need to go hang out with all those hypocrites at the church. You ever heard that? But one preacher said this. Well, if you're going to quit going where the hypocrites go, you might as well stay home, and then you're trapped because you're a hypocrite in yourself. So you can't go to Walmart. You can't go to Kmart. You can't go to the dock. You can't go anywhere because hypocrites are where? Everywhere. 
everywhere. So we can't have this Lone Ranger attitude. We don't want to get involved in anything that may complicate our lifestyle because we what? Deserve to do what we what? Want. Brothers and sisters, when you said yes to Jesus Christ, what you want went out the window. Do you realize that? My wife and I sitting right here with our family, we are living proof of that. You know what I want for some reason? I, I want a, a rusted out Willis Jeep. That, that, that's what I want. You know, it's, it's not a Ferrari, but God put in my heart to want rust bucket Jeeps. And he's given me some rust bucket Jeeps. Why couldn't it have been something else? But it's rust bucket Jeeps. But that we, we, we deserve, we believe that, we really believe that we deserve to do what we want. But when we say yes to Jesus, that's out the window. Unless it's what God wants us to have. Amen? Amen. So many are not comfortable with church membership, especially the accountability part that goes along with church membership. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. Amen? See, that was, real, see, see, that was convicting because you didn't shout that amen out. It's true. We don't want anyone telling us what to do, much less some Baptist preacher that thinks he's holier than thou. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, if you think I'm holier than thou, you need to go hang out with Chloe for a few minutes and watch her chop me down to size. I don't think I'm, I'm holier than anybody, okay? I know I got issues, I know I got problems, and if you don't believe that, come hang out at the Hazard House for a while, and you'll see them, and you'll hear about them. We, 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 we are real people with real problems, amen? Real people with real problems, okay? If you ask me, to identify some practices of the contemporary church that have been detrimental to the health of the church, I would say weak, unbiblical church, church membership is in the top five, hands down. And I am not speaking from some ivory tower where I have not walked the walk. I have been in this capacity for going on 20 years. Clayton has been there for years. Colton has been there for years. I know other ministers that have been there for years. And everyone I talk to says the exact same thing. Our church membership in the SBC is pathetic. It is absolutely pathetic the way we practice church membership. When someone becomes a member, and I get this, I bet you don't know this. But when someone becomes a member, they are now legally recognized as a contributing part of our nonprofit organization that conducts its mission in the state of Tennessee. Did you know that? When somebody joins this church and their name goes on our membership roll, they are officially a part of a nonprofit, federally recognized 501c3 organization. Did you know that? We have to have by state regulation. We have to have bylaws in the Constitution. We have to have certain positions in this church or they will not recognize us as an organization. Or we can do it without it, but let us be audited and we're in trouble. This is serious business that we do here. This is not a figment of our imagination. This is a real organization. It is a real church. There are real responsibilities and there are real consequences for not fulfilling those responsibilities. Does everybody understand that? Okay. <clears throat> We have a legal document. I looked at it the other day. I asked Cindy to pull it just to be sure we had it because I didn't look at it before I came here. Probably would have been wise to look at it before I came here, amen? But we have a legal document filed with the Secretary of State of Tennessee that describes Parkway Baptist that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, has to be updated every year. That we are still in operation and that we have the officers that are still with us that fill those spots, okay? Our SBC membership is grossly grossly overstated, grossly. I could use a harsher term there, but it's Sunday morning and I'm a preacher, amen? Grossly overstated. In 2020, our SBC census claimed, for, I looked this up, this is not pie in the sky numbers, you can Google this yourself. Our 2020 SBC census claimed 14,525,579 members. But those in regular attendance has been estimated to be less than a third. A third of that number, about 4.8 million. The previous church I served had a combined membership, active and inactive, of over 450 people, but less than 150. Regularly involved, regularly supporting the ministries of the church financially. Parkway Baptist current numbers, uh-oh, uh-oh. Is he going there? Absolutely I'm going there. 721 total members. 
Yeah. 570 resident members. Attendance before the nationwide quarantine in March 2020 was approximately 270. Parkway has less of a disparity than many, but our numbers are still, say it, grossly overstated. Now, let me give a disclaimer right now because I know somebody's wanting to stand up and shake their finger at me. I can feel it. I am not talking about those that cannot come here. Do you understand that? I'm not talking about people that are in nursing homes that are still members of our church. I'm not talking about people that can't walk. They can't come. I understand all that. I'm talking about people that are still functioning in society, that are names on our membership roll, that have not darkened the door to this church, nor sent any form of financial support to this church in five to 10 years. That's what I'm talking about. That should not be. Now, I know some of you are also thinking this. Were you finna change all this next week? Are you kidding me? Do, do I look stupid to you? Do you really think that I want to fight with every deacon in this church and every church member in this church about their sister's cousin's brother who joined 40 years ago who I'm not taking off that role? No, I'm not going to do that. We're not going to do it unless what? We all decide to do it. Your staff doesn't work that way. We're not totalitarian dictators, and you should know that by now. This will not happen unless everybody agrees and we are what? One, together on this issue. Now, I'm going to gently nudge it, and I'll take my opportunities to throw grenades at you from the pulpit on Sunday mornings about it, because that's my prerogative, because I'm your pastor. I'm called to do this. I'm called to make you very uncomfortable about certain things. You do realize that, amen? Part of my job. I mean, if, I, if all I do is come up here and tell you what you want to hear, I don't need to be here. You need to go bowling or something and do something you enjoy, because, I mean, I, mean I, I am here to give you the will of God and to point out things that need to change so we can become better and more powerful for Jesus on this earth with the few amount of years we have left. Can I get a witness? Yes. Okay, so where are all these believers? I know where they'll be at 5.30 this afternoon. Where will they be? At a Super Bowl party somewhere. They ain't thought about church, but they thought about the NFL. And I, why they think about the NFL is beyond me because the NFL ain't what it was when I was a kid. I mean, we're going to wave the American flag and talk about how great America is and then support these people that don't even respect our country? I don't understand that. And I'm not here to give an apologetic defense for that. I'm just saying that just doesn't make sense to me, okay? So if you owned a business and claimed 14 million customers but only had activity from less than 5 million, what would your competitors say to you? You're delusional! Something's not hitting on all cylinders up here. Something's wrong. You don't have 14 million customers. You have five. And if you are maintaining those numbers, I mean, how many of you, if you were in sales or you run a corporation, and you presented numbers that were exaggerated to that degree, what would happen to you? Fraud, fired, on the front page of the newspaper, people's lives ruined. So why do we leave this like this in the church for decades and decades and decades? We are the church of Jesus Christ. And we are not being accurate about the number of people that we have involved in our fellowship. Does that bother you? It bothers me. Does that honor God in a dying world? Does it? How does that help the cause for Christ? Now, these are all debatable points, and I realize that some of you out there probably are right now thinking arguments against this. That's fine. That's, that's, that's why we're in the church together. You have your ideas. I have my ideas. But what should always win the day in our discussions? Not my opinion or your opinion, but whose opinion? Right. Right, so if your argument is based out of tradition, you need to jettison it and get in the Bible. That's why I have so much trouble everywhere I go, because everything I do is anchored right to this book. 
And our churches have been so starved for the truth of God and, and the counsel of Old and New Testament, people hear things they've never, they hadn't heard in 30 or 40 years. It's not my fault. I didn't cause this problem. I'm trying to fix it. And I'm not doing that great of a job at it so far, but you've given me a chance, or God's given me a chance with you, amen? I personally believe one of the biggest strongholds in our churches, demonic strongholds in our churches is how we manage our church membership. The primary argument against removing grossly inactive people from membership is that having their name on the roll is their final link to salvation. I have heard that. You would be surprised the number of times that I've heard that. Not Jesus Christ is their final link to salvation, okay? But being on a church roll is their final link to salvation. That's strange to me, very strange to me. I know, I know the sentiment involved in that statement. I understand the sentiment involved in that statement. Is that one day, one day there's gonna be somebody that's gonna come in here that's gonna take the church role and gonna divide it out and give it to people and ask us to begin trying to reclaim people and then they're really gonna be saved, okay? And we're about to do that here in a couple months, just, just prepping you a little bit, okay? So you're gonna have an opportunity to live up to that. If you believe that that church member, that, that being on that role is, a, is the last link to salvation, I hope you take personal responsibility for that belief. Don't call me and tell me to go see him, you go see him, amen? Amen. No. I would argue that keeping inactive names in the membership could be providing them false security. That they are saved when they are in fact lost and headed directly to hell is what it could be. So this morning we look at three questions. I'm gonna bring them on out there. What is a church? This is where I'm gonna pick up the pace a little bit. It may sound like an auctioneer, okay? What is a church? Why join a church? And why does church, what does church membership involve? If you don't know those things and you've never been, never grappled with this topic, so what is a church? The, the term is ecclesia. And if you've ever spoken Spanish, Jeff, what is the Spanish word for church? Put you on the spot right quick. Say it again. It, ah, it sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Ecclesia, ecclesia, it's the same word. And it doesn't really mean church like we would understand the word church, it means assembly. It means group. That term ecclesia can be used, was used in the, in the Roman Empire to talk about the Senate sometimes, that the ecclesia will meet, the, the group will meet, discuss these issues. But the, but the Bible took it, God took it for, for the church. So it means assembly. It is not the building, it is the people who gather in the building. It is universal and it is local. Now what do I mean by that? Because you start talking universal church and people want to call you a heretic, okay? I don't mean universalism. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the church universal. Is Parkway Baptist Church the only church on planet Earth? Right. Are there churches in Russia? Are there churches in Africa? Are there churches in Japan? Yes. Universal church just means the church that is all over the globe. The term is Catholic, which just means wide variety. Not capital C. Capital C Catholic means Roman Catholic. But small c means Catholic wide variety. So there is a universal Catholic church, and then there is the local church, which is Smyrna here, Smyrna, Tennessee, or Greenville, Mississippi, or Columbus, Mississippi, or wherever it is, okay? The New Testament teaches that the church is specifically, specifically, for those that have been saved or converted to Christianity. Do you believe that? Okay, if you don't believe that, you need to read your Bible more. We're not saying that lost people aren't there because Jesus gave us the parable of the weeds. We know that tares are in the church, that that's gonna happen in this dispensation because we're not always right in receiving somebody in the church. But the church itself is for regenerate people, period. You are supposed to be saved. When we put you in that baptistry, we are saying that we have examined you, we have talked to you, and we believe that you understand what you're doing and that you have believed the gospel and that you wanna be baptized to follow Christ. So that's why, that's why we're particular and try to investigate that a little bit instead of just saying, okay, great, we'll baptize you Sunday. We wanna talk to you a little bit and try to be sure you know what you're doing. The church is a covenant community based on the truths contained in scripture and how the group interprets the text. In Baptist doctrine, we believe in an independent and autonomous churches. We believe in it being decentralized. You're like, well, wait a minute, we're a member of the Southern Baptist Convention. We're not decentralized. Yes, we are. We're decentralized. Nobody tells us what to do. The associational mission director can't come in here and tell me what to do. He can suggest, he can strongly suggest, but what can I say? No, we're not doing that. 
But in the bishop system, in the Methodist church, the Episcopal church, other, other structures, they have to do what their bishops say or they get in trouble. That's not the way we are in the convention, which is one of the reasons why I'm Baptist, because I believe you see that in the New Testament. You have independent churches that, that Paul planted all over the Mediterranean Sea. Now, he had influence in those churches, and he would call them to repentance over stuff he had heard that was wrong, but he was not the head man in those churches. He appointed elders everywhere he went, and that church was independent and autonomous just like we are, okay? So this is a group of baptized professing believers that gather regularly to worship Christ together and partner to serve in ministry to fulfill the commands given to us by Christ. That's what the church is. That's it, okay? The church can meet where? Exactly. Home, school, strip mall, park, beach. Let's, let's start a new church, call it Beach Church, and go down to Mobile. Anybody want to sign up for that one? Yeah, sure. Or NASCAR. Where's David Campbell? We'll go to NASCAR and have church. How about that, David? He'll love that. <laughs> they have it already. Well, let's just go to get it within then. Or a building that they construct. The point is they what? Gather. They gather, worship, and serve in the name of Jesus. So why join a church? That's a church, so why join one? Does joining a church save you? No. I, that FBPO, quick story, and I'm watching my time close. Our home church in Greenville, Mississippi, many, many, many years ago, and I believe they've corrected this now, and this was actually a story because I don't know for sure. I never saw it with my own eyes. But there was a qualification on church membership that was F-B-P-O. Do you know what that stands for? You're not going to believe this. For burial purposes only. Yes. So you would have individuals that would go into a geographical area and they would join a local church specifically so that when they die, their obituary says, was a member of so-and-so church in this area. I mean, are y'all feeling sick? Why would you do that? Why would you want everybody else to think you're in heaven when you're not? Makes no sense to me. Do we want to grow and mature in our walk with God? Why join a church? We want to grow and mature in our walk with God, do we not? We must gather with other believers for this purpose. The most fundamental duty Christians have in relation to the congregation is the duty to regularly attend gatherings of the congregation. Did you realize that? That's one of your primary responsibilities is to be here. On time, not just for what you want to do. I mean, that's why we're pushing for children's and student ministry and trying to do all that because we just, we don't have enough people that are, that, that are stepping up to help us in these areas. I mean, I mean, I'm telling you, we don't get that area healthy within the next year, we're going to be in trouble. And it's not like terrible right now. We've got great people serving there. But what I'm saying is compared to what it was, say, five, six years ago, you know what I mean? We got to have it. So we need people to help, help serve. I mean, I mean, the gospel's being preached here. You've got great leadership here. There's no reason why that those ministries back there should not be staffed and staffed well. Amen? Are y'all okay? Okay, all right. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, one of your favorite books. Can I get a witness? <clears throat> and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Man, that's a great passage. Get here. Participate. God blesses you and, and, and uses it for your sanctification. Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That was the early church. After the gospel exploded in Jerusalem, every day, man, it wasn't this Wednesday and Sunday stuff. It wasn't that, right? It was every day. They devoted themselves to each other, to the apostles' teaching. I, I was trying to tell somebody the other day, I said, you know, we're almost fighting a losing battle here when your most faithful people aren't here but two or three hours a week. I mean, how are we going to deprogram all that other time of being in the world with your most faithful people just being here Wednesday and Sunday for about two and a half, three hours total? Do you know any school system that does that? Do you know any, any college or any curriculum out there that's only three hours a week that's a full-time degree? Does it exist? No, but yet we think in the church we're going to turn the tide by two to three hours a week of study. We're expecting you to do it on your own at home, but most people don't. 
Why join a church? Duties toward other members. What are your, what are your duties to each other? Why join a church? Why come here? Number one, love one another in sacrificial love. That's a given. Seek peace and unity within their congregation. Strive. Strife should be actively avoided if possible. Did you hear that, Baptists? Did you hear that? Strife should be actively avoided if possible. Sometimes it's not possible. But if it's possible, we need to avoid strife. The mask issue, my heavens, Jesus. Has that been a, a, a strife-ridden issue in this whole country and churches everywhere? It's been terrible. I never dreamed that a small piece of cloth that big with some elastic on it was gonna cause me so much grief. But it has, it caused everybody, not just me, their bodies caused grief. Love is expressed in unity. It is cultivated when church members actively sympathize with one another. How do you actively sympathize? You gotta know each other and you gotta participate with each other and you gotta care about one another's needs enough to ask them questions or to and send them a, a text message or a phone call when you know something's going south with them. You've got to. To care for one another physically and spiritually. To watch over one another and hold one another accountable. All the pastoral epistles talk about that. All of them. To work to edify one another. It just means to, to encourage and to, to build one another up, to... Like if you see a brother or sister doing something that is clearly antithetical to scripture or to a, to a good walk with Jesus, you lovingly and gently go, hey, you shouldn't be doing that, you know? If you see people chatting away during worship service or texting in worship or surfing Facebook when they should be listening, just tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, you can do that when we're done. Put your phone away and listen, listen to what's going on here. This, this is, this is life-altering stuff we're learning here at the church. To bear with one another and pray for one another. Bear with one another. You know what that means? Come here, Micah. Bearing with one another means this. Come here, right quick. Quit looking all scared. Come on. All right, now I want you to act like you're hurt, like limp, like your, your right leg. Just pretend that it's hurt. And just limp, you know, just, just limp like that. Do it. To bear with one another means that I come in like this, and I take this big old boy, and I help him walk. That, that's, that's to bear with one another. To bear with, yeah, amen. To, to bear with one another's sins. You know, to, to, to help one another, to, to literally come alongside and carry the weight of somebody, of somebody else. To keep away from those who try to destroy the church. Did you hear that? If they're trying to actively destroy the church, stay away from them. They will pull you into their web. You gotta be careful to reject evaluating people by worldly standards. Duties toward the staff, that's to members. Here's duties toward the staff, just a few key things. How should you treat us? Men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God, 1 Corinthians 4.1. That's Paul talking to the church in Corinth. Church in Corinth had all kind of rivalries going on. You had these people that had certain giftings and they were getting all the attention and everybody just thought they were just super cool. And then everybody else that was just average Joe Christian that didn't have these miraculous gifts were looked down upon completely. And, 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 and Paul was looked down upon because he was trying to bring sense to all that and say that's not right. And so that's why he had to give this apologetic, this defense of his, of his ministry. Church leaders should be, what does that word say? Held in highest regard and honored. Even if you don't like them. Members must make themselves known to the staff as there are far more members than staff and most of the time, where does the staff come from? Outside, which means what? We don't know you, but about a year later, what will you expect? You'll expect us to know you on a first name basis. And if we don't use it when we lock eyes with you, you're offended and you tell everybody about it. Instead of coming to me and saying, Brother Shelby, I understand that you don't know my name. You're brand new here and there's 300 of us and there's one of you. My name is so-and-so and we thank God you're here. Now, if I can't remember her name after two or three times of that, then I deserve to be gotten on too, okay? But we come from the outside. You need to be inviting us over. You need to be including us in your groups. You need to be reaching out to us as much as you reach out to anybody that you wanna to come to church. We have families, we struggle with life just like you do, and most of the time, we pretty much feel like failures doing so, 
It's just the nature of, of ministry because you don't see a lot of the things that God is doing until much later. And so sometimes you're thinking, man, am I even making a difference here? I mean, Paul in Galatia, think about that. I believe that I have labored for you in what? Vain. Well, we know that's not the truth, but we can't help the carnal human side of us thinking that from time to time. We labor and pray and love and take your calls and meet with you and all this kind of stuff. And then something happens and we don't do everything exactly right and you go running off to another church because we offended you. I mean, come on. You wouldn't treat other people like that. Why treat us like that? Why? The minister's reputation should be what? Defended. His word believed and his instructions obeyed. Unless scripture is contradicted or facts are plainly distorted. And obviously, obviously we are not going to deny what is the truth because we like Brother Shelby. If Brother Shelby is doing something that is completely contrary to the truth, you don't love him unless you confront him and help him see that. Right? You don't just take somebody's sins and sweep them up underneath the rug, especially if it's something real serious. That's a good way to ruin his life and the life of the church because God can't honor that. He can't. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that, anywhere. Good preachers and teachers are worthy of being doubly honored, which includes material support. And I'm gonna give you a shout out. Y'all take good care of us. Clayton, Colton, would y'all, I mean, y'all, y'all, Anna, where's all the staff, I mean, y'all, y'all take great, I'm gonna tell you right now, y'all take good care of us, great care of us. I have no complaints, I really don't. Just want you to know that. Members should pray for them and help them by serving and being available for the ministry. All right, so why join a church? We're almost done. I'm gonna make it. Why join a church? To assure ourselves. To assure ourselves of what? To evangelize the world. To expose false gospels. To edify the church. To glorify God. So why join a church? to assure ourselves. So we get up every day and we come to Wednesday night Bible study and we come to Sunday school and we come to morning worship and we come to business meetings because we want people to see us not to be seen. It ain't about being seen, it's about caring and being plugged in because you are an integral part of the body of Christ and because if we believe what the Bible says, Jesus has called you from heaven to be here to help us. And if you're not, you are telling all of us that you don't care, even if you really do. Because to me, I'm gonna tell you what, when it comes to the church of Jesus Christ and managing the church of Jesus Christ, Talk is cheap. You feel that about the same in your life? Somebody comes up to you giving you a whole bunch of flowery talk and a whole bunch of flowery commitments. Talk is cheap. I, I, I want to see the deed. Show, show me what you can do. Don't give me a bunch of words. Show me what you can do. Evangelize the world. That's obvious we come together to pool our money. That's the reason why I'm Southern Baptist. Is because we send the gospel all over the world. We've got missionaries that go all over the world. Not all denominations do that. We do that. To expose false gospels. The more you come here and the more you listen to preaching and the more you come to Wednesday night Bible study and the more you're held accountable by those that love you in this church and the more you read the Bible, the more you're going to be able to point out and identify falsehood and you will not become victim of it. Because they are out there by the hundreds of thousands. And I watch Facebook, and I'm going to tell you, man, sometimes some of the stuff that y'all comment on, some of the stuff y'all put on there, I want to get in my car and go to your house and say, I cannot believe, I cannot believe that you are listening to him or listening to her. Why on earth would you be listening to him or listening to her when you've got staff right here that are breaking their backs, breaking their backs to be sure that what we bring you everywhere is accurate and right and good? I don't understand that. Matter of fact, you know what we're gonna do? It's gonna upset some of you bad, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna come up with a list of teachers that you can listen to and who you can't listen to. And if I find out you're listening to them, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> I'm not gonna come to your house. And it's not gonna be a mandate, okay? I'm, not, I'm just joking around, but seriously. We're gonna give you some, some, some teachers, some lists of teachers that are okay for you to listen to and, and of some that the evangelical conservative world has said, these are prosperity gospel teachers. 
These men or women are outside what the Orthodox New Testament witness says, and it's dangerous for you to listen to them. Don't listen to them. Edify the church. We've already talked about edifying. To glorify God, we know, you know what it is to glorify God, right? Everything else we've been talking about. So what does church membership involve? Baptism, who knows what that is? Share, signing a statement of faith in church covenant. <laughs> I know what y'all are thinking. I didn't sign no covenant, no statement of faith to come here. What are you talking about? Well, what would you think about it? What would you think if we did do that? Maybe the next couple years, we worked together as a church and designed a statement of faith and a church covenant, faith, but a, but a church covenant, and asked that, that all of our church commit to that covenant. We have a big Sunday when we all come together and celebrate maybe the rebirth of Parkway Baptist Church, and we all sign that covenant and say, I'm going to be a committed member across the board. I'm going to commit to missions, to maturity, to all the things the Bible says. I'm going to do it. What do you think about that? About 40%. Everybody else looked like a frog on a, on a log. You know, you don't tell me what to do, Lone Ranger. I know, I know, I know. Church covenants, what we believe and why. Attend services regularly. Attend the Lord's Supper. Attend business meetings. What has happened to business meetings, Parkway Baptist? What has happened? I'm just gonna say it. We've had to move them to AM worship to get enough people here to have business meetings. That's a good place to go, oh, do that. Oh, ah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wanna believe this. I wanna believe that you trust me and our staff and your deacons so much, that you trust us so much that you just don't think you need to be a part of hearing the business of the church, and so you're okay with us running everything. That's what I wanna believe. But I really don't believe that. I believe it's over here. I believe that I don't need to be a part of that. My decision doesn't matter. It don't matter what I think. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna whatever they wanna do is fine with me, I'm not going. No, it's not okay. You need to be here for business meetings. <clears throat> should I go there? Oh, should I go there, Lord? Should I go there? I'm gonna go there. <clears throat> we had a meeting not too long ago this summer that was critical to the life of our church. We had 160 people at that business meeting. Why don't we have that kind of interest in the regular things of God at this church? I'm just curious. Do you know what I'm talking about? 160 people we had at that meeting. And then we fight to have 50 people at the regular business meetings of the church. That's all I'm gonna say. Pray regularly, pray regularly, give regularly. <laughs> um, I don't look purposefully because I was taught a long time ago by a very good pastor friend of mine to not look because it may influence the way I think about you know, certain people. And I've known because some people have told me at, at past churches, and it, it is true, you, you, there is a temptation there to, to pay more attention to certain people because of the amount of money they give and stuff like that. That's a true temptation. But all I'm gonna say to you is this. Where you spend your money tells God about your heart. Jesus said that. Wherever your money is, so shall your heart be. So if you're not giving to the church regularly something, I mean, your, your, your old regime here would say, what? Say it, guys. Tithe, 10%, okay? But if you're not giving something regularly, the scripture says that you are robbing God. Robbing God. You have to give something regularly to the church if you're a member of that church. So give regularly. All right, final thoughts. Y'all okay? Can y'all take a deep breath and smile real big for me so it'll be safe when I run out of here when the message is over today? Okay. Sheep are in a flock and branches are on a vine. 
Biblically, if we are Christians, we must be members of a church and the membership must be the reflection of a living commitment or it's worthless. Uninvolved members confuse both real members and non-Christians about what it means to be a Christian. Well, well, this so-and-so is a Christian. He's a member of Parkway Baptist Church. Man, that dude hadn't been here in, that dude hadn't been here in 20 years. And, and people know that. You think people don't know that, but they know that. What does that say when you've got people on membership roles for 20 plus years that other people know about? What does that say about us? What does that say about them? It says we don't care. That's exactly what it says. Membership is the church's corporate endorsement of a person's salvation. You ever thought about it that way? If members have left our assembly and have not gone to any other Bible-believing church, what evidence do we have that they were ever truly a part of us to begin with? In our current condition, our number, now this is churches everywhere, okay? In our current condition, our number of members is two to three times the number of attendees. Our goal should be that our attendance is two to three times the number of our members, Do you see that? So in other words, you should have a membership of a couple of hundred, but have how many attending? Two two to three hundred. Why? Because those members are mature, and they are inviting other people, and they're being evangelistic. That way there is a steady stream of new membership coming into the church. That's the way it should be. Almost there. We should make our membership more serious in the church of Jesus Christ, especially in these increasingly hostile times to Christianity. Think about that. I witnessed a conversation between two church leaders not too long ago that said, you know what, you're not going to have to worry about cleaning the rolls. Because in about 10 years, it's going to happen on its own. Because the church in America is going to be persecuted so bad that people that are not true, they ain't going to come anyway. Because they don't want to have to go through what they have to go through to be able to worship in this country. And we very well could be heading there. Final scripture, 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious... You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You are chosen and precious. You are what? Living stones. I almost closed it, Nathan, but I didn't. So, church membership is serious. By by being a member of a church, You tell God that you are a born-again part of his family. Do you take that serious or not? Or is it a part of your life that's just an add-on that's not really a big deal? And I'll tell you the way you can determine that. Watch and see how easy it is to kick your involvement in church to the side. How quickly will you just flippantly cast it aside? For us, ever since Angie and I have been married, that was a commitment we made before we walked out. We're in church to the day we die. And our children are gonna be raised in church until the day we die or they die, whatever happens, you know. So it's just, it is a commitment, a commitment to God. Are you committed to the Lord? Will you be committed to the Lord? Church membership, it's over. Y'all okay? You sure? Let me, let me just scan the crowd here and look at some faces. So far, I'm not in trouble. So don't, uh, I might be in trouble. No, I think, I think everybody's okay. We've got some guests here today. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, I think we're good. All right, we're good. I think I'm safe. Honey, we don't have to run during the prayer. We don't have to run out. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this time today as we've studied on church membership, Lord, and because your, your son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross that we, may, that we may receive faith and receive life from him, ultimately from you. And Lord, when we commit to a church, Lord, we're committing to you. And so, Father, I, I pray that you help us look beyond just the, 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 the legality of being a member and look to what's deeper within it, Father, that we are saying to the world that we love you and we are a member of your church and that that should be a defining moment for us, more defining than anything else, not just something we add on to our life, like a, act, some just random activity. And so Father, today I pray that if there's anyone here 
who number one, does not know you and has not committed their life to you, I pray that in your time and in your way, they would, they would commit to that, to you, Father. And then, Lord, if we have someone here today, Lord, that, that, uh, that is looking for a church home, I pray that if not today, someday real soon, that they, through prayer and through you know, coming to me and talking and, and, and exploring more about what Parkway is about, maybe they'd like to become part of our, of our, of our church family. Because, Father, we know that committing to a church is, is much more than just walking an aisle and signing a card. It's committing to a new way of life. It's committing to you. And so, Father, we ask that today. And we bless your name and praise you for all the mercies and the love that you've showered upon us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand for a time of response? Blessed be the time that to that first verse again. I grew up in a Baptist church like Parkway, and I don't know if you all did this or not, but we, when we had evening service, we would close the service with this song, Always Acapella. We held hands then, but we won't do that now. Let's sing this together. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian the fellowship of kindred minds is like to 